Well, good morning. God bless. Today we will continue on in our teaching of the book of Acts, so please go ahead and open your Bibles up there if you are in a position where you can do so. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 13 today. And uh, just a reminder to you that um, as we study the book of Acts here, we're studying the history and the foundation of the early Christian church. We are seeing what is referred to here as the Acts of the Apostles. And the things that were done by the Holy Spirit through the lives of some of the apostles of Jesus Christ and the believers in Jesus Christ, that's what we're reading about here as we study through the book of Acts. Now, I'm sure many of you are aware of this, but the Bible uses the term church not in the way that we often think of church today. It is, it is not referring to an institution um, or a religious group, a religious gathering of a certain religion and such like that. The church from a biblical standpoint that we're reading about here in the book of Acts refers to people that have come to faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord. We are the body of Christ. He is the king. We are his servants. We are his subjects. He is the king of the kingdom. And as the body of Christ, he is the head. And everything we do as the church, as the body of Christ, which is made up of believers worldwide, it's not any one particular church, though many churches today, many religions, many denominations like to lay claim to the fact that they are the church, the true church, and that you have to be part of them to be part of the body of Christ. You don't find that from a biblical standpoint. So again, as we're studying the book of Acts, we're seeing the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of real people, real men and women who were being led by the Holy Spirit, okay? And when we as believers in Jesus, when we gather together, that of course is a good thing, right? Because it's the opportunity for us not only to study the scriptures as we do here at A Love Outreach, but also we have it's, it's the opportunity for us to build each other up in the faith and to exhort one another. So however you gather, wherever you gather, whether it's in a large group or in a small group, um, first of all, be sure that you're learning the scriptures, that you're learning the word of God. And not just learning it. Let me, let me specify something here, uh, or let me be more specific when I talk about learning the scriptures. You should be learning the scriptures in order that you might live out the scriptures in your daily life. So when you're gathering together, be it, like I said, be it in a small group or two or more, or gathered in his name, there he is in the midst, or whether it be in a larger group, um, it, it should be a, based around the Word of God, um, learning to live the Word of God, exhorting one another to live the Word of God, uh, exhorting one another to serve Christ, to continue to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we should be doing this all the more 
the scripture says in Hebrews, as we see the day approaching. What day is that? Well, we're looking for that day when we will ever be with the Lord, when he will return or will be absent from this body in some way, shape, or form, and we will be in the presence of the Lord. And that day is coming quickly. That day is coming quickly. Again, whether the Lord returns and we're caught up to meet him in the air, uh, or whether we die and are absent from this body, we will be in the presence of the Lord soon and very soon, as the scriptures say, right? So we are to be the hands and the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ here on the earth today. So um, we see examples of that fact throughout the New Testament, right? Especially in the book of Acts. Okay, where we see the work of the Lord, people, the Holy Spirit moving, people, people getting saved, coming to faith, things happening, right? And this book of Acts, I'll remind you again, I think I probably talked about this back when we uh, started chapter 1 of the book of Acts, but this book was written by a man named Luke who recorded all of this information. He, he, he put it all down, right? And he originally shared it with a friend of his named Theophilus. And it's interesting to me. I always find it interesting, the meaning of the name Theophilus, his friend, right? And it carries the meaning, the name Theophilus carries the meaning of friend of God. Okay, And today, we have the opportunity to take this letter personally as we study it and to live our lives today as friends of God, right? Um, in the time that we've been given here on this earth. Again, which is a short period of time. James describes life as a vapor that appears for a little while and then it's gone, right? Someday we're going to be in the presence of the Lord and all that matters is not what we've gained in this life, not our prosperity in this world. None of that stuff matters. All that really is going to matter when all is said and all is done and we come to the end of our lives is do we know Jesus, the, the way, the truth, and the life. For no one comes to the Father except through him. No one has eternal life except through Jesus Christ. So we're seeing the acts of the apostles, the work of the Holy Spirit being done through the apostles here as we study through the book of Acts. So here... In chapter 13, in verse 1, it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. We, we, so we see a couple of things here. First of all, there was, again, only one church in the city of Antioch, okay? And that's what's mentioned here in verse 1. One church that is one gathering place, one group of believers. I shouldn't say one gathering place, but one group of believers, right? And among this, these believers, uh, there were five teachers that were responsible for teaching, and they were prophets, and they continually served the Lord. Look at verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, 
the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So go ahead and pause right there. You see, these men were uh, men that were led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord. Just as Jesus promised them, he did not leave them comfortless and alone, his servants, right? But his spirit, by his spirit, I should say, he indwelled them. All that they did, everywhere that they went, they were led by the spirit of the Lord. This was the foundation of the church, the beginning of the spreading of the gospel. And these men were focused on that. And of these five teachers, the Lord was now going to send out two of them, right? He was going to send out two of them, Barnabas and Saul. And they would now go out on a missionary journey together. The great commission that Jesus commanded had to continue on, as it still does to this day, right? And this church, this body of believers in this city here were responsible for sending out these two men so that they would go out into other parts of the world and spread the gospel. And you know, this is still the work of believers today. This is still the responsibility of believers today. The spreading of the gospel must be supported. 1 Corinthians 9, 14 says that the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Okay, so if you're a member of the body of Christ, that is, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then it is your duty to support the spreading of the gospel. And what we are seeing here in Acts chapter 13 is a local church, right? The body of believers in this city, right? They're sending out these men to go and to reach the lost souls of the world. And verse 3 continues and says, Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Now I just want to stress one, once more here that it is the Holy Spirit that calls and sends someone out to do the work of the ministering of the gospel. And if you sense that calling in your life, be sure that others who know you well and, and see that calling upon your life as well, uh, be sure that they support you, that, they, that you go to them and, and they pray with you. You know, they can lay hands on you and they can support you as you, as you go out in your calling of the Lord. But just be sure to obey that calling of the Lord by His Spirit. And don't let an institution or a certain group, a certain religion or a denomination or anything like that, don't, don't let anyone hold you back from going and doing what you know the Lord has called you to do and what others around you recognize that you should be doing as well, right? Be led by the Spirit, okay?
Okay, be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Just like we see here with these this group of five men here in this chapter, ministering to the Lord and praying, and then the Lord says, I want these two to go this way. Okay, We don't have any records on what happened with the rest of them, the other three of the five here, what they did, where they went, and all of that, but they didn't stop preaching the gospel. They didn't stop doing what they were called to do here in the city of Antioch or wherever the Lord might have sent them on to. You know, we, we can't have everything written down in the Bible. You know, the book would be so big if, if all the works of the Lord, all the works of the Spirit that were done through all the hearts of people, if all of that were to be written down, you know, the, the book would be far too large and, and, and could never contain all that the Lord has done and all that the Lord continues to do. Just think about what the Lord has done in your own heart if you're a follower of the Lord at this point in your life. Just think about what He's done in your own life. You know, what, what you've learned and how you've grown and all of that. I mean, you could write a book on that. You know, and if every person does that, the work of the Lord, you know, if it was all written down, the book would be too massive. Okay, but anyway, so we see here these two men, and that's who we're going to follow now, Barnabas and Saul, as we read the book of Acts. And they left their home church, and verse 5 says, and when they arrived in uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. So now this John here mentioned in verse 5 is not the Apostle John. And of course, it's not John the Baptist, but rather this is John Mark that is assisting Barnabas and Saul here. The Gospel of Mark was written by this man here. But here we see Barnabas and Saul preaching the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. This was a very bold thing for them to do. And of course, they could do so only because they were being led by the Spirit of the Lord to do so. The Lord had begun this work in sending them out. He was going to be faithful to complete this work. So again, if you feel called today to spread the gospel, if you feel called to teach the Word of God, then be bold and begin walking in that direction, led by the Spirit of the Lord. And don't let, again, don't let anybody stop you from doing that, right? But before you do, know this, that not only must you know that the Lord is calling you by His Spirit to do so, but we are also told in 2 Timothy 2.15 that one must be diligent to present themselves approved to God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. So you need to know the word of God for yourself, obviously. And you need to study the word of God for yourself. Yes, the Spirit of the Lord will lead you, but you must be committed to rightly divide the word of God. That is to know what it does and what it does not say. Okay? Again, there's many, and I've talked about this a lot in the past, there's many false doctrines, there's many false preaching of the gospel, uh, all of this stuff that goes around today, the name it and the claim it, the speak it into existence kind of junk, you know, the prosperity gospel and all of that kind of stuff. 
It's not found in the pages of the scripture. Those that preach that kind of stuff are not right, rightly dividing the word of truth. They're not truly teaching you what's in the Bible. So, again, if you're called to go out, you, need, you must study to show yourself approved, right? And this does not come as a result of following in, following in the ways of a certain institution or organization, but it only comes as a result of you taking the time to be diligent in the study of the Word of God. And it takes time. So still speaking of Barnabas and Saul and John Mark here, verse 6 says, Now, excuse me, when they had gone through the islands of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Okay, just to clarify here, this man, Sergius Paulus, wanted to hear the word of God that these men preached. You know, it's interesting. As I come on like this and put Bible teachings out, and, you know, I realize that there are people that just don't want to hear. There are people that just don't want to hear. And then there are those that the Holy Spirit is working in their lives and drawing them to the Lord, and they want to hear. So they'll take the time to come and sit and listen to a Bible teaching like this or find another Bible teacher or whatever it may be, or like I said, pick up the Bible themselves and read it. But here we see a man that wanted to hear. But notice what happens in verse 8. It says, But Elimus the sorcerer, for so his name is translated. So this is this sorcerer guy, Bar-Jesus, right? He withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Now, isn't that something? This man, Bar-Jesus, also known as Elimus, did not want Sergius Paulus to hear the word of God. I'm sure he had income to lose or something like that if, if old Serge here were to come to Jesus. But whenever the word of God is being preached into the life of someone, you can be sure that Satan will use someone or something or some way to try to stop the process. I have seen it time and time again. I'm amazed at how often it happens, right? I have found that oh so often when I begin to bring the word of God into the life of someone else, that Satan immediately is there working behind the scenes to try to put a stop to it. And he is relentless in his tactics. He will use other people, yes, but he, like we see here, you know, but so very often he will use the world to steal the seeds that are being planted in the souls of someone, right? The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, right? I want this. I deserve this. I should have this. Why is God not giving this to me? I'm doing so good in, in reading my Bible. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Why am I not getting what I want, right? But that's pride. That's the pride of life. Or 
the, that which is attractive in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust for money, and things like that distract people. And Satan comes along and he steals that seed of the Word of God that is being planted in the life of someone. Okay, Again, the false gospels of today... They preach things like, hey, you can have your best life now or you can prosper. You can be in good health if you just, you know, say the name of Jesus, you know. So people look for the wrong things when they come to faith in Jesus because they really don't want to die to themselves. They really don't want to take up the cross and follow Jesus. They don't want to hear that kind of gospel, but that's what's in the Bible, Right? They don't want to repent of their sin. They want to continue in their sin. They want to hear some type of gospel that tells them it's okay for them to remain in their sin. And, and they'll still be saved. They don't want to put their hand to the plow and not look back. Right? They don't want to do anything like that. They don't want to forsake the world. They don't want to become obedient to the Word of God. They don't want to even take the time to read the Word of God. So Satan just comes in and he uses the world to draw them away from the Lord. And again, most of these people that fall back like that, they, they don't even read the Bible for themselves. And they're not even committed to developing an obedient lifestyle to the Word of God. Where they say, I need to repent. The things I used to do, I no longer do. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the Scripture says. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And in this case here, we're reading about this man, uh, Elimus, who was Satan's tool. Okay, But let's look at verse 9. Then Saul, who also is called Paul. Now, let me just interject something here. For the rest of this book, Saul will be called Paul. But it says here that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he looked intently at him at this Elimus dude, right? And he said, Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all, un, uh, of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? You see, that is what the enemy of your soul will do, right? He will pervert he will twist. He will make crooked the straight ways of the Lord. The word straight there in verse 10 is the Greek word euthos. And it speaks of that which is upright, that which is true, that which is on the level. Right? You see, folks, we must be careful ourselves to know what is and what is not the truth. And we only find the truth in the Word of God, not in the opinions of men and women. Okay, False doctrines are a dime a dozen. And if you don't study the Word of God yourself, you will be deceived by the enemy. And as long as you keep your eyes on this world, you will always be confused. But the Lord is not the author of confusion. And He wants you to fix your eyes on Him. And if you love the things of the world, 
The love of God's not in you. You don't love God. The love of God's not in you if you love the things of this world. Right? Again, coming to Jesus means you are forsaking the world and all the things in it. Okay? And maybe there's a, 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 an Elimus in, in your life today. And maybe it's not a specific person, but maybe it's a way of life that's appealing to you and, and is distracting you from the straight way of the Lord, the narrow path that the Lord wants you on. And the Apostle Paul recognizes the work of the devil here, and he does something about it. In verse 11, it says, And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. You know, this is what Elimus represents in this story here, a darkness. Paul and Barnabas were bringing light. They were bringing truth to this man, Sergius Paulus, here. And darkness steps in and tries to interfere. And I know that I am really belaboring this point here today, but you must be alert. You must be aware of the darkness that lurks around us, that's trying to distract you from the things of the Lord, trying to bring you into depression, trying to bring you into that place where you doubt the Lord. And you doubt the Lord most likely because you've been taught a false doctrine of some sort. And you're not rooted and grounded in the Word of God. You're not on that straight way. You know, that which tries to keep us from the light of the Lord, that is the truth of the Lord, right, is darkness. When the Lord wants to illuminate our lives, right? We can't be blind, though, to the work of the enemy. Right? We need to come to the Word of God. Come to that which the apostles preached, that which we find in the pages of the New Testament, like we are studying here. Commit your life to it. Believe on Jesus with all your heart. Submit your whole life to him. Commit your life to the straight way, to the narrow way. Let go of this world and in all your ways acknowledge him. Look what happens in verse 12. Then the proconsul, the Sergius Paulus, right? He believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So he became a believer. He was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now this was, this, this was Paul and Barnabas that were there in front of him teaching. But it was the teaching of the Lord because it was the Holy Spirit that sent them out. And it was the Holy Spirit that was working through them to teach someone else. And the Spirit of the Lord was drawing this man, Sergius Paulus, unto the Lord. And this teaching of the Lord is still available today. It's still the same today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the one who was and who is and who is to come, the Almighty. 
No one comes to the Father, like I mentioned earlier, except through Him. Do you want eternal life? Do you want abundant life spiritually? Or are you more interested in abundant life worldly, materialistically? But if you want that abundant life spiritually, and you're willing to repent, and you're willing to turn unto the Lord, then today's the day that you can come unto Jesus, right? I am preaching the same Jesus to you today, the same word of God that Paul and Barnabas preached to Sergius Paulus here in Acts chapter 13. There is no other way to eternal life. Don't buy the lie that all roads lead to heaven. So often I hear people say that. That's a lie. You'll find the truth in the word of God because there is no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved. No other name but Jesus Christ. And you must be born again. But again, are you willing to shun the darkness and come to the light of the truth? The darkness is at work, just like through this sorcerer, just like through this man Elimus, right? In the life of Sergius Paulus. The Lord is trying to reach out to you. If you've listened to this teaching thus far, and you're hearing this, and you have not committed your life to the Lord, or maybe you think you had committed your life to the Lord, but you're not seriously committed, well then listen to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your heart today. Okay? Are you willing to take the straight way? Again, that narrow path that Satan wants to keep you off of. Right? I'm going to leave you with that message today to think about. This is a long chapter, and we will pick it up again in the near future, Lord willing. But I want to encourage you in your heart today to consider just these scriptures we've discussed here. Open the eyes of your heart to the truth that is in Jesus Christ. He, again, I'm going to say it again, He is the way the truth, and the, and the life, right? He is eternal life. He is abundant life. Your hope, your future is all in Jesus. Eternal peace and joy are only found when you come to Jesus Christ and you're walking in obedience to His commands. You can't just say you believe in Jesus and not be obedient to the Word of God. Because those that do what he says are indeed his disciples. That's what he said, right? Yes, in this world, there are problems. Things fall apart. We lose loved ones. Things happen all around us. But Jesus has overcome this world. And by his spirit, he wants to lead you into that which is the way that he has prepared for you the straight way that's what he has for you let's close in prayer heavenly father thank you for this time together in your word thank you for your spirit who teaches us leads us into all truth 
We pray, Lord, for your will to be done in our hearts and minds. I pray for anyone that will come upon this message, upon this teaching, that they will commit their lives unto you, that they will begin to seek you, Jesus, with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, Lord, and that your will would be done within them. We thank you again for your goodness, for your love, your grace, and your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Well, God bless. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. As I always say, um, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I will put my um, email address on the screen here. But God bless, and we will see you next time.